0: This is the Brew World Order Podcast. Welcome to the Brew World Order Podcast. My name is Mike Curtin. If you haven't subscribed yet, well, it's too late. I'm sorry. You can no longer subscribe. I'm just kidding. Please subscribe to my podcast. This is really sad. I really need subscribers. This is episode number 51. In this episode, I sit down with Sean Stanfold and John Fernandez of Two Villains Brewing Company in Nyack, New York. John and Sean talked to me about how them finding their location just happened to be the perfect time for them and their partners, how seeing repeat customers equates to success for them, and how they wanted to do a collaboration with MF Doom, the reason they named their company Two Villains, but honestly would just love to collab with just about anyone. I couldn't agree more. I'll collab with anyone, especially if it has to do with beer. Home brewing, beer tastings, large-scale brewing. Beer podcast, beer tastings, beer skits, beer pairings. Did I mention beer tastings? All this talk about beer really makes me want to taste some beers. So while I do that, you sit back, crack open a beer, and enjoy the podcast. Hey guys, I'm Mike Curtin. This is the Brew World Order podcast. And today I'm with Sean Stanfield and John Fernandez of Two Villains Brewing Company in Nyack, New York. Sean and John became friends by working in the restaurant industry together in New Jersey. Around 2006, Sean had introduced John to the world of craft beer by making him drink a whole 22-ounce bottle of Arrogant Bastard. From there, it was game on as they both shared a newfound love of craft beers. Around 2013, John was working at a car dealership and was looking to find a hobby to brighten up his downtime away from work. He told Sean that he had brought a new homebrew kit, and with that, the two friends started homebrewing together. The first go at it wasn't a success, but once they finally made a drinkable brew, it turned into a bit of an obsession. All their friends enjoyed their beers, but Sean and John wanted to get it out there and get some professional criticism. They started to enter homebrew competitions, and it wasn't too long till they actually won their first award. From there, they started to try a lot of their favorite beers from the bigger breweries they looked up to and tried to use them as inspiration. They tried to apply to different breweries for jobs with no luck. Until they wound up judging a beer competition and they met Joe and Pete from Brick City. One thing led to the other and they asked Sean and John to join the Brick City Brewery on an internship. They wound up working there for four years. During their last year at Brick City, they found their other business partners that would join them on the journey of opening their future brewery. And in 2019, while searching for the perfect spot, they came across Nyack, New York. Luckily for them, Nyack had just zoned the area for a brewery. So together, the team built up the brew pub little by little. And in November of 2019, the boys opened their doors to the public as Two Villains Brewing Company. And Sean and John are here with me today. Guys, how's it going? I'm good, man. Good. How are you? All right. So, uh, you know, my first question right off the bat is you opened in November of 2019. A couple of months later, we had a bunch of shutdowns. Yeah. (laughs) How... Did that affect your business? How did you go about uh, pivoting and and making your business work for you after that actually occurred? When it happened, literally just opened up our
1: full business at that time. We had opened up the kitchen. The kitchen we have right now was open for about three weeks, and everything was looking good. And then basically overnight, we furloughed almost every single employee we had, and it was just. Uh, me and Jonathan and our general manager at the time, our head chef and one of our bartenders working. And we were so new at the time that we just knew we had to do whatever it took to make it work. So we started selling, uh, you know, beer to go out of the window. We kept the kitchen open, started selling food out of there and gradually got into um, selling groceries to the public because, you know, at the time people were worried about going to stores and, uh, eventually that's why we started canning beer because that was the best way to get our beer out there, the and the fastest, uh, most economically viable option there. Right. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely a challenge for sure. I mean, it was,
2: it was something that was so unprecedented, you know, like nobody really kind of expected it to go, um, as long as it did. And, you know, if, you know, at first I think everybody kind of thought it was going to be a few weeks and that things would kind of roll back into place, Um, but, uh, no, it it was crazy. I mean, being as that we were only a few months old, um, you know, we, like Sean was just saying, we had to kind of pivot around and and do different things to keep the lights on. Um, and it was definitely not an easy task, but I mean, we, we really kind of dug our heels in and used that time to refine our beers more in our, on our new brew house, um, build the brands, really start acclimating ourselves, um into the town, we're so grateful that we had all the local support that we did because that's really what drove us through this whole thing. I mean, it was, it was a learning experience for sure, and, and it was definitely very humbling uh, to have to experience that as a young business uh, owner. We're glad that we made it through, and, and we're glad that we did the things that we did to, to kind of stay alive, and you know, it's definitely something that's uh, beneficial for us now, seeing as We were able to kind of last through it and build the brand along the way. And that's to us, you know, very important It's just getting our name out there and and kind of going out of our comfort zone to make things work. It was a a gift and a curse, I guess you could say, you know, there's, there's some silver linings to, to the whole thing, but it was, uh, it was definitely a challenge for sure.
0: Right. Yeah, for sure. I can only imagine. Uh, so did you guys have to outsource, uh, the canning or did you wind up purchasing a machine? Like how how did that work?
1: Yeah, we, we go through a, a great local uh, mobile canning company. They're based out of uh, Long Island in Brooklyn. Uh, they're called the Malt Man,
3: okay. and
1: uh, they work with a lot of people that we're actually friends with as well. So it kind of just worked out that they were able to fit us in their schedule when we needed them to. So yeah. it's been great. It's a great relationship that we continue to
2: uh, have. Yeah, and it, it was huge because you know we weren't we were always structuring ourselves as a brew pub. So you know we. Coming from Bricks, we understood that you know cans are are vital and important in pushing the brand. But uh, in just the direction that we were kind of trying to go in originally, you know, we had always planned on doing cans, but we didn't plan on doing them right away. We wanted to kind of focus a little bit more on bringing the customer in and, and giving them a full experience, uh, both in food and beer. Just having the majority of our things on draft, so that was definitely something that we weren't anticipating doing as quickly as we did super happy that we met the Maltman guys. Uh, I mean, they've been nothing but patient with our size and, and willing to cut us breaks and stuff um, just to make sure that we were selling beer and, and moving products. Right. Uh, so it was definitely, it was great to have gone in uh, that sort of business relationship with them because, and especially at the times too, we were so young. It wasn't buying a Canyon line. wasn't something that was necessary on our list. So right, for sure. uh, yeah, it was, it was a huge, huge pluck to have those guys come on and, and give us a hand and they're still the ones canning for us to this day so it's it's been uh, something that we didn't expect but it kind of turned out for the best
0: Awesome. Yeah, I'm sure they did really well during the pandemic as well <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah,
2: definitely I mean, it, they were, it. cans were a hot commodity, I mean, right. even right before we started canning, we were selling out of our crawlers probably every week for the most part for a couple months and then there was a, a whole crawler shortage so that was like it was huge to have them be able to come in and not only help us with even cra- getting crawlers, but also to you know put our beers in four packs and yeah. and uh, help us not only promote the brand but but get beer out the door. Because our number one thing was we never wanted to dump, to dump any beer. We saw a lot of breweries were doing that. A lot of breweries were kind of stuck in a position where you know product went to waste. They they didn't really have much else that they could do. And you know being so young, we couldn't afford to necessarily go that route. You know, doing that definitely helped. And I also want to give a a special shout out to Hackensack Brewing. Um, The first, I want to say, two or three times that we canned beer, they were actually the ones that gave us a a huge hand in getting those beers packaged. Before we met Maltman, we're bringing our kegs to Hackensack Brewing, and they had their own canning line, and they were able to can off of our kegs, and it It really saved us uh, big time from having to dump anything. So... I definitely want to give a special thanks to them as well.
0: Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. So yeah, uh, you know, while you guys were working at Brick City, I'm sure it was only a matter of time before you were like, all right, it's time to uh, take it into our own hands and start up our own place. What was that aha moment for you that kind of like just set it in motion?
1: Honestly, we we came into the brewing thing with a plan that we... Basically, gave ourselves like a time frame as to like when we wanted to accomplish certain things. Uh, since me and John have been friends for so long, we knew that we wanted to own and operate something together, whether that was going to be a restaurant, a bar, or whatever. And then we got into the, the brewing beer, and we were just basically all right. So we'll give ourselves like five years, and we'll figure it out. And we came into Brick City, being like, "Hey, we're here for you guys. We're to do whatever we, you know, whatever you need us to do. We're here to do it." But also, like, we need you to give us like all the proper like information and training that goes into opening up our own place. Right. And they were, Joe and P were nothing but supportive of that uh, yeah. decision. Yeah,
2: no, Joe and P were great in, in terms of uh, the support they gave us throughout this whole thing. I mean, like Sean was just saying, uh, we had it in mind that a brewery was the way that we wanted to go. Because, I mean, even as homebrewers, we were kind of branding ourselves as two villains. It was it was a name that, that's kind of been there since our homebrewing days. And, um, you know, even during homebrew competitions, that's how we were referring to ourselves. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it was just one of those things like, hey, you know, I, I think we're on to something. I think we can make something of this. Uh, but we didn't want to kind of jump into it uh, without at least experiencing a little bit of... of the, the production side of things and, and seeing how it's done on a professional level because there is that there is that gap between home brewing and professional brewing. Right. And we kind of we just really wanted to to kind of dip our toes and, and gain as much knowledge as we possibly could before it so it wasn't us just going into it blind. And uh Joan Pete gave us, you know, all the, the necessary tools and training that we needed to to kind of get it done and From day one, when we were there, you know, we were always very transparent with them and and they were always very transparent with us. And, um, you know, they helped us write our business plan. It was it was a a really big uh, kind of community family effort. And uh, I mean, we're super grateful for them and and all the things that they gave us and all the stuff that they showed us and taught us. I mean, we're all still very close to this day. So it's uh, it's great to be able to, you know, finish up a day at work at our brewery and go over to Bricks and have a beer with those guys.
3: Yeah,
0: I usually ask uh, who's the biggest influence for you guys, but I think I already know the answer there. Uh, yeah, there's nothing no, like, sure. yeah, like knowledge is, is power, man. There's nothing like that. But during yep. the, the that whole process of, you know, jumping from there and opening up your own brewery from the start of, like, you know, finding the spot and um, opening those doors to the public, what would you say was the most challenging part for you?
2: Oof, that's a tough one. Uh, I, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> honestly, almost everything. Uh, <laughs> it was it was one of those things where like we had we had the necessary knowledge, you know. We we were writing recipes, we were producing beers, we were packaging beers. You know, we had our hands in, in every pot at Bricks, and you know, we learned a lot of really important things working there. Um, but at the end of the day, when it came time to us for us to open our own place, um, it, it almost felt like. We didn't know anything anymore it was almost such a shock because we're we're like okay we don't have we have the support system that we had but we're kind of you know in charge of taking things under our own hands and and into our own hands rather and and getting it done on our own and so all those challenges everything that that kind of came about uh while opening included even just brewing the beer you know we knew how to brew but we were brewing on a completely different system than what we're brewing on now. We were brewing a much larger size than we're brewing on now. So a lot of that was just kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, well, we know what we're doing, but applying it to our own recipes, to our own thing, uh, was a challenge. You know, we were, we were very nervous. You know, we wanted the beer to come out tasting great from day one, and we wanted to have that consistency that we had at Bricks. Uh, so, you know, it, it was almost like starting new again. It just in general in the industry, uh, there was a lot of a lot of those challenges came from just, yeah, the unknown, the unknown of opening our own business and, and seeing where it takes us. But, uh, you know, those are things that with time, uh, especially, you know, the first few months that, that we were open before the pandemic, we got into that comfort level. We got that full confidence back to be like, OK, yeah, we can do this. We've been doing it. Is this nothing different throw in all the challenges of being an owner and running a staff and doing all that and you know those were all things that we'd never done before right yeah sean and i've both been managers at restaurants and other businesses that we worked at you know throughout the years but we've never been the ones that were like okay you know ultimate decision yeah (laughs) yeah exactly we we never had that full full control and so it was just kind of like okay well let's treat our employees the way that we would want to have been treated when we were working at a restaurant or of even at brick city. But those were, those were all things that we learned with time. I think it was just in the very beginning, it all seemed so overwhelming because there was so much on our plate. You know, we're doing well now and, uh, and all, all those challenges we're kind of, we kind of accomplished, you know, what we set out to do and, and, you know, obviously new challenges arise, the pandemic being one of them, but, you know, we're confident now in our own skin and at our own place to, you know, tackle anything that comes up. But I mean, even now, even only less than two years into it, you know, we're still learning and we're going to continue learning. It's just, this industry is just one of those things that is ever evolving. And, you know, the biggest way for you to kind of make it is to evolve with it and adapt. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be a challenge. Um, right. but, but thankfully, all those challenges that we were presented with in the beginning were all tackled. So, can't complain there. <laughs> yeah,
0: and how did you guys go about finding the capital to fund your business?
2: Uh, that was through uh, our business partners. The partners that we have right now uh, own the building that we currently are in in okay. Nyack. They had owned a bar that was there prior to us opening, and it was just like one of those like right place, right time sort of things. You know, we we had been writing a business plan for years, um, just kind of gearing ourselves up and. You know, uh, even though we kind of struck gold with with uh, meeting the guys that we did and and having the space that we have, uh, we were looking for a while prior to that, and it was a, it was definitely a little bit more challenging. So to have those guys come on and give us all the the trust to do the right thing and and open this business and make it successful, yeah. And also, one of our business partners already had a steam fitting company, so okay. Perfectly. A lot of the work was done by him and his uh, crew, but we always joke that
1: basically most the majority of the building was just built by two guys. Yeah. <laughs> they, right. They basically, what... reno- they basically renovated the entire place to the point it's at now, and um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful spot. It's a great place to go to work every day. You know, so
0: yeah. I'm very happy with it. I'll definitely be visiting soon because I'm in Queens. So. Oh uh, yeah, not too yeah. far at all, man. No. Yeah, I'll be making the trip up soon you'll see me you'll see this face
2: (laughs) if you're anywhere near uh ridgewood queens um uh, craft culture out in ridgewood
0: uh, currently carries our stuff i don't know if they have it still on draft right now but Craft culture okay yeah i think i know where that is well ridgewood is not too far from me at all it's only a couple miles away so yeah i'll
3: definitely check
2: it out yeah no we're you know and and being as small as we are
3: um you know our distro is very light but uh you know, we, we get a lot of love from the
2: city, so we try to go there as often as we can. Yeah. And uh, our accounts keep growing out there, and uh, you know we love Queens. Uh, I'm a Mets fan, so yeah, same
0: late, here, same here. Until I die.
2: <laughs> but um, yeah, all that all the bros out there are awesome, and, and right. uh, we're excited every time that we're able to kind of get a new account or even just any account out right. of the city. So yeah,
0: you'll, I'm a, I'm you'll definitely be
2: seeing more of us in Queens
0: as well. Awesome, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm actually yeah. like maybe I'd be honest. I can walk to uh, Finback Brewing in about ten minutes oh, from awesome. my house, so yeah. very close.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's accessible, and then it's so you know it's Brooklyn's right there too. Right. And yeah. So you're you're really only a stone's throw away from a lot of other great bars in, in the Brooklyn oh, for sure. area as well.
0: For sure. So, what do you think? Some qualities that you guys possess that make you good business owners? I, I like to think that we have. Uh, consistency in our decisions right. that we uh have like
1: um i've always just taken things very seriously like i'm constantly talking to my staff about just how they are approaching their guests and just like point of sales information and stuff like that um the service is the number one thing for for me personally, like uh, being in the restaurant industry for as long as I was, I was constantly like around that kind of stuff. And also just general knowledge about the product that we're selling, I think is very important for any bartender or server to have for sure. You know, as you stated earlier in, in the opening, uh, Sean, and I met as friends in the restaurant industry and, right. um,
2: and that was a huge part of both of our lives. I mean, we we both worked on and off at restaurants, and even together for for years. And I grew up grew up in that industry as well. My father was a chef, so you know I was basically in a kitchen my whole life as the as a youngin. And uh, you know I always saw how he ran it, and and I always admired that, and I always kind of wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps, and and maybe not so much in the restaurant scene, but just kind of in general. And you know we take a lot of that a lot of what we know and what we apply you know we take it from the experience that we had in restaurants and we we both worked at uh corporate places and we both worked at you know privately owned places and you know it was just kind of like okay well you know what we saw as servers or bartenders or managers you know what can we take from those things that we learned and and how can we apply them and that was huge and and super happy that we had that experience kind of going into this because, you know, we are a brew pub. We, we are, we're a brewery and we're also a restaurant. And, you know, those are two very cohesive things. And when you have a guest come in, you want them to experience best of both worlds, you know, whether that be through, uh, our beers or through our house cocktails or through our food. Right. So, you know, it was, it was important to kind of, um, take what we knew from working at restaurants, but also take what we knew from working at Bricks and, you know, just apply them to how we run the
1: place. Yeah. I was, yeah. And also a big thing for me and John is, 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 lead by example. Like if you come into two villains brewing, you know, on a Friday, Saturday,
3: Sunday, like chances are you're going to see one of us running your food to your table. Right. Yeah. Taking, taking an order, you know, just come conversing
1: with our guests, making sure everything's good. Like I've always been under the impression that if, i'm going to do something you know whether that's mopping a floor like then my staff should also do it because i'm not i'm not any better than you in that in that
0: time right yeah for sure it's a, it's appreciated much more by the staff when they see that the, the boss is doing the same thing no, that they're doing you know yeah. And, yeah and even like a lot of times like we're we'll be brewing beer while we're open
2: um and, but we have no problem stepping away from the brew house to take care of a situation or to answer one of our server or bartenders questions, right. you know, it's, uh, you know, how, how they operate is indicative of how we uh, treat them. And, and, you know, growing up in this industry or, and just working a lot in different restaurants, you know, you, you see the good and bad and being now that we are bosses, uh, it's important to us that we give that same respect to our staff that they give to us. Uh, and I think like what Sean is saying, it's important that we lead by example.
0: Yeah, for sure. So how do you both define success? And was there a moment for you both uh, after you opened your doors that uh, kind of like stood out where you've realized like we're doing well or made, we made it?
2: I mean, success for me is, is customers, is repeat customers, right. uh, regulars. You know, having people that you can see time and time again coming back because they enjoyed their experience. To me, I I think that being successful is more than how quickly you can sell your beer. It's, it's also like, can you, can you bring those people back? You know, can you bring them back to have a meal and sit there and have a couple beers and converse with you? Um, you know, to us, that's, that's been really important. You know, we're very community driven and for us to, see that we have a good, strong local following is, is very important to our success as, as well as to what we find to be successful. And, uh, you know, we really strive and, and push for that, that following. And, uh, you know, there's been a few moments where it really kind of dawned on us that we, were, that we were doing it, that we were in it. And, you know, one of those things would definitely be, you know, one of the first few days that we came out of uh, lockdown, you know, everything was everything was so up in the air, and there was a lot of uncertainty, and there was a lot of questions, and there was a lot of like fear, especially in the New York area. You know, being hit so hard, um, but to just see that uh, we could have crazy busy days, even with a lot of restrictions, was was definitely one of those things where we were like, okay, wow, all right, we must be doing something right. You know, we're on a two three hour wait on a Saturday, and we can only fill half of this place up. And to see those same people coming back and back, and now with everything kind of loosened up, seeing those people return again, it's it's huge. You know, yeah, it's awesome. it means a lot to us to see that that customer base. So I, yeah, I mean, if I had to really define success, it would it would be uh, our customers and, and our return customers. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like nothing nothing bugs me out more than just having like a full bar and like looking around, and seeing people drink beer, and
0: being like oh yeah we made all this right <laughs> this, this yeah. is all this is all liquid that we've created here yeah, right? surreal
3: like, seeing people post it on instagram
1: or something like that and you're just like oh yeah like you get so into your own head and your own like little world of just like all right i'm just i'm brewing beer i'm doing my job and then you're like oh yeah people actually are enjoying this oh yeah <laughs> i mean sean yeah. and i we're our own harshest critics you know we're For sure like we're not trying to, to drink a batch and
2: be like, ah, you know, maybe we missed the mark on a couple things. Like maybe we can make this better or that better, but then have, you know, customers uh, drink that same beer and be like, wow, this is amazing. Or wow, this is so good. You know, it's, it's awesome to kind of, and very surreal to see that reaction. Um, especially because we're, we're very much perfectionists in our own right. You know, we, we know that we haven't had as much time in the industry as some other people or as other breweries. Um, so we're always striving to make ourselves better. You know, we're always kind of looking back at former recipes and and former beers and being like, Hey, how can we brew this beer again, but make it even better next time? Or how can we introduce a new technique or a new process to make us better? It's very easy to kind of get lost in that. But at the same time, um, it's definitely a very uh, good feeling to have as well when you see a customer drinking a product or, or eating a product or doing, you know, anything inside of your business that you've had a hand in. Um, you know, we, and we saw that at Bricks as well, but it definitely hits a little bit differently now that this is our place. You know, it's our baby. It's what we put our heart and soul into. So right. it's it's pretty cool to be there on a busy night and, and see everybody uh, drinking our beer. That's tr- definitely really surreal.
0: For sure. Yeah. So I know it, it could probably be a little, uh, a little much at times, just like a little overwhelming, um, yeah. with everything that went down. How important is a mental break for both of you and, and what does that look like? Yeah. I mean,
1: I think anybody in the restaurant industry, the brewing industry, like it's long hours, you know, it's, it's definitely backbreaking work. So if we can even like, you know, like today right now
3: we're have a, little half day going on and probably after this interview gonna go jump in the pool (laughs) like yeah we'll crush a couple beers with some friends and that's about
1: it but yeah i mean we have you know we have take days when we can uh it's here and there we you know most our collaborations are great for us because that means we can actually sometimes
2: actually take a little vacation yeah we we always joke with our friends who are like uh oh yeah anytime that we're on a collab you know especially if it's out of state or it's more than a few hours away you know we we always like to take a couple extra days and, and make it almost like a small vacation for ourselves because you know we are at the brewery a lot there's some weeks we're there every single day um you know there's times where we'll work 15 days without a day off uh, during the pandemic we we were basically there for like 90 days straight with no breaks um, right, yeah and it's 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 extremely important to take a to have a mental break of of any kinds uh, and in any job or business or whatever you're doing you can very easily burn yourself out and it's not to say that we haven't felt burnt out at times but you know we also understand how important it is that to kind of step back and, and have a little fun and and take a breather you know we anytime that we can we try to get our work done but then also enjoy times with friends and family we also play a lot of video games. We do, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we, that's definitely yeah, that's definitely a way for us to, to take a break mentally. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be playing video games. And it, and it's great too. Just I mean, Sean and I are we're like brothers. You know, we've known each other for so long, and and we're so close. Um, it's awesome to be in this business together and and do what we're doing with each other. But at the same time, kind of step away from that and just be friends and just hang out. You know, with loved ones or other
0: friends and and find that time for ourselves, because it's very important. Right. I love this question. I think I know one of the answers already, but (laughs) what was your gateway beer into the craft beer world? Uh, Arrogant Bastard. Yeah. Right, right. yeah. I think I knew that answer already.
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, if I had to throw a follow-up in there, um, I would say uh, Sam Adams Cherry Wheat. Okay. I think I was like, I think I was only like 18 years old when I first had one. And I was like, what the hell? I didn't know that this was like beer, you know? It it was like such a wild palette of flavors to kind of experience as someone who, A, wasn't legal enough to drink, (laughs) uh, or old enough to legally drink, rather. And B, you know, at that age, you just kind of assume that every beer is Budweiser, you know? Right. Uh, Every beer is this like skunky kind of weird tasting thing. So, yeah, I would say cherry wheat would be like my my runner-up, but the, one, the first one to really opened my eyes was definitely Arrogant Bastard. Yeah, a lot of, that lot of 22 flavor. That 22-ounce bottle that Sean made me drink, I did not enjoy it. <laughs> uh, it was very harsh, uh, but I don't know. There was something about it, and it kind of just drove me back and... I mean, pretty much any of Stone's beers at that time. After I had that first one, were I was obsessed with them. It was yeah. it was definitely one of those things where I was like, oh wow, you know, craft craft beer and beer in, in general is, is so much more than what I thought it was.
1: We're in like that weird situation where me and John are like, you know, technically we're still young guys, but I've been drinking import or craft beer for about seventeen years. So right. it's like I've
3: have gone from the situation where it was like you went to the store you just bought anything that you had never heard of before right yeah the point where it's like again since we're working
1: at restaurants being like you know 10 12 years ago telling our managers like we should carry brooklyn lager we
3: should carry uh Neat yeah, castle, castle castle yeah yeah against
1: and, uh, and people being like well you know this crap beer thing's not gonna really go
0: anywhere and you're like no I really or so you needs- thought <laughs> yeah, like, no i really i really think it's going somewhere it's gonna happen right yeah
1: and just seeing the industry, like, where it is now, and, like, and people are always asking the question, like, is there too many craft breweries around in America? No. No. There's no such thing. No way. Like, what like, we said, we look at the craft brewing industry, breweries in general, as what's the difference between a brewery in your town versus the local guy that makes really awesome bread? Right. Or your favorite pizzeria? What's the difference? There is no difference. There's it's
0: a million pizzerias and Chinese food stores in New York, so... Yeah. <laughs> They're all in business.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. There's there's a
2: little bit of something for everyone, you know? Right, uh, yeah. Especially right now in, in what a lot of people think is an oversaturated market. It's, um, you know, there's a reason for that. And it's because places can open up amidst a ton of other places that are nearby and still work out and still be successful. I mean, yeah. Sean and I, we just came back from, uh, from Portland, Maine, where we were collaborating with, uh, our good friends at Blaze brewing up there. Okay. Uh, and you know, we went to this, this part of Portland called, uh, industrial way. And it's, it's literally just a small industrial park filled with breweries. You know, we have really? you know, Alligash, yeah. allagotch across the street and then there's four or five breweries, all next to one another in the same building Awesome. and you go there and, and every single place is packed. Everybody's is, is vibing. Everybody's feeding off one another. And that's just a prime example that you can never have too much of a good thing in, in regards to at least beer, because, you know, everyone has their own little flavor. Everyone has their own little niche and people are going to gravitate to what they like. And, you know, we're, we're at a time where we're almost spoiled with the amount of craft beer that we have um and it's great you know even being where we are in rockland county um there's i can't i don't know the number off the top of my head but there's a good amount of other breweries and and we all do very well and and we're all friends with one another it's definitely only going to keep increasing as well um but that's an exciting thing you know that's
1: something i look forward to yeah i look forward for the next brewery to open in nyack new york yeah Yeah. yes yeah
0: it's always nice to taste something new for sure yeah exactly so uh speaking of what's What's next for your brewery? Like what does the future look like for two villains? I know you guys wanted to do a collab with MF Doom. Uh yeah. Rest yeah. is Rest His Soul. Yeah, rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, but uh is there anybody else that you'd like to do a collab with? And also just like what are you what do you plan to do down the line? What does the future look like? Sure.
1: Um I mean we'll collab with anybody. Right.
0: <laughs> who's up
1: <laughs> for, any, brewery, any, any you know any any uh famous people or any brand that wants to come and brew with us we just like hanging out with people right yeah. us an excuse to do it exactly yeah yeah, yeah. collapse collapse to us are, are just a way to kind of
2: network and, and meet friends you know we've we've collabed with a, a decent amount of breweries uh for only being a couple years old and you know a lot of these people have become good friends of ours um know people that we hang out with outside of outside of the scene and it's great you know it's it's a great way to build up the community that is craft beer um is to have these these collabs and you know we're always excited to collab with somebody new and uh you know it's it's only going to benefit both breweries you know you're you're spreading brand awareness for for yourself and for someone else and it's it just kind of goes hand in hand and it's it's really awesome and like sean was saying you know we'll we'll collab with anybody you know we're we just love making beer and we love meeting new people. So, you know, we're always open to invites as well as, you know, inviting others to come uh, to our space.
1: Yeah. In terms of our space, I mean, right now we're looking into like eventually probably expanding a couple tank sizes and stuff like that. But we are very much at a finite limit as to how big we can get in the
0: right, space. Right, for record. sure. And, yeah.
1: yeah. So... You know, probably we're, we're seven-barrel brew house right now, all seven-barrel tanks, so we could probably fit a couple 15-barrel tanks in there. But there's a lot of stuff that we can't do just because we don't have the room. Like, me and John love barrel-aged beers, uh, whether that's bourbon barrel-aged stouts or wild fermented sour beer. We just can't do it. And right. it's, yeah,
2: it's we have the space to put them. Like, I I would love to put barrels all over my place, but then I could probably fit about 20 people inside. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's like um, you know, especially coming from Bricks, where we worked on barrels all the time, um, whether it was wine or bourbon or cognac or tequila, um, even mezcal. I mean, we've worked with so many different kinds of barrels, and that's something that we're passionate about as well. And even as home brewers, you know, we we did do a lot of uh, spontaneously fermented beers and a lot of sour beers. Um, so, and we love and we love that style. So, you know, it, it stinks that we don't necessarily have the space to do that. So, you know, as much as we love the brew pub and, and we'll continue to brew there, you know, we definitely have it in our heads that down the line. And, and I don't know when this will be, but um, we definitely want to have another space um, somewhere a little bit more upstate in New York where you know we can have a, a, a barrel age program where we can have bigger space for more for more
1: production on certain brands. And, you right. um, you know, and and one of our kind of like pipe
2: dreams is to uh, have another uh, brewery where not only can we do barrel aged beers, but we can have a more sustainable kind of culture with what we're doing in terms of like growing our own hops and, uh, you know, growing right. our own produce for a restaurant and, you know, running off solar, that kind of thing. We yeah. want to we want to definitely dive a little bit more into that in the future.
0: Very cool. So. If somebody came to you, which I'm sure they do, and ask you about opening their own place, what would you tell them? What advice would you don't, give them? Go
2: get a job in a brewery. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah
2: work definitely, definitely work at a brewery. Um, you know, you're gonna get a lot of invaluable information, a lot of things that you would never have uh, thought of as a home brewer, um, and patience. Have a shit ton of patience. Um, right. You know, this wasn't something that just kind of came to us you know and and we got very lucky with the partners that we have at the time that we that we met them um it could have been another couple like we could still be looking for a space we could still be trying to plan this out um and so i would say yeah just have patience you know really have a good concise business plan and and have a lot of the things that you want to do and things that you're okay with not having and uh, just stick with it and but yeah i mean experience and patience those would those definitely be my, my two biggest uh pieces of advice right. sure there's so many there's so many little mechanical things that can go wrong in a big
3: production facilities oh i'm sure that when you're home brewing you're like ah whatever i'm losing five gallons of beer well now you have the you could lose up to uh, two hundred plus gallons a beer right, <laughs> even, right. if you really you know mess something up. So yeah, just get that experience.
1: You know, it's going to be realize how tough it is. I mean, you know, you're working it's a lot of work. ten twelve hours a day on average. Yeah, you know, so and and be clean. Yeah, be <laughs> yeah. <just> constantly clean.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's not a nine to five.
1: Yeah, so, no, no, no.
0: so uh, you guys happen to have a funny story for me.
2: It's not something that uh, necessarily happened uh, with the two of us at the same place, same time, but it's something that happened to both of us individually that was exactly the same situation. And that was uh, opening the wrong valve. I was only at Bricks for about two weeks. And this was after we had started interning there. We both interned for about a month. I was able to quit my job and worked there full-time for about a year and a half before sean was able to come on full time so for that year and a half it was me and and one or two other guys but uh you know i was very green i was very very open to learning anything and everything but i was also a little too confident at times and, and one of those times was i was just finishing carbonated a beer in a bright tank and uh i was talking to the, the head brewer at the time one thing led to the other. I wasn't paying as much attention as I should have. And I took off a valve at the wrong spot and proceeded to get showered in uh, 32 degree beer as well as flooding the entire brew house floor with said beer. Oh, God. Um, at the time
3: it was terrifying, but yeah. looking back at it now, you know, we all like, especially the Joe and Pete at Bricks, we all have a
2: good laugh about it. Um, <laughs> you know, it was just like one of those freak things that you could kind of look back at and laugh. Um, yeah, And uh, it just goes to show like any little slip up in in uh, judgment can lead to going home completely sticky and covered in IPA. I can,
1: I can guarantee that at least, probably like 65 to 70 percent of brewers have done this
0: yeah. oh yeah
2: i've heard this story numerous times so yeah, yeah and, and, and like i said the, the same thing happened to sean that happened to me just a little bit later down the line but it was almost kind of like uh all right cool you're an official brewer now like you you uh got yourself completely soaked and you know the same thing even happened to to joe and pete so it's just kind of funny to see that this is like a trial by fire and and you know
3: it, it's happened to way more than just us. Yeah. Just so, remember, want to be brewers whenever it happens. Be calm, right? And have put a new valve on, open, and then close it. Yeah, the right. yeah.
0: only yeah. way you're going to be able to do this. Yeah, yeah. It's but, just a uh, just a rite of, right of passage. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it, it certainly is for sure. So uh, I have a little segment called Quick Fire Five. It's just sure. five, five quick questions. Be related. Yep. Ready? Sure. Yep. All right. One of your beers that you'd recommend someone try,
1: Harmonic Resonance, which is it's our cream ale. Cream
3: ale, okay. Yeah, it's a good introduction beer if you've never had, you know, most craft beers.
1: It's still a craft beer because we made it you know, in a small batch, but it's just a nice, easy drinking cream ale. All right, let me ask: Does this <laughs> does this apply to what we have on draft now, or any of our beers? Any of your beers? Any of our beers?
2: Um. I'm going to say our Italian Pilsner, um, Cotton Squares, like Sicilian. We, we actually just put it out. Uh, it's our uh, it's our first true Pilsner and Lager, but, uh, you know, I, I think if you're, especially if, if you're new to craft beer, um, it's a it's a really easy way to kind of get into it, something that's going to seem familiar. Okay. Yeah. No, I would definitely recommend that one.
0: Okay. Favorite brewery other than your own?
2: Man, that's changed many times yeah uh you know what? i'm gonna go out i'm gonna say oxbow
0: oxbow where's that
2: uh, uh they're out of portland maine
0: portland uh, Maine. okay
2: they make a lot of uh rustic ales a lot of like barrel aged showers a lot of lagers uh okay. and they're they're all absolutely fantastic I, oh. I i i'm dumbfounded by the question i'm trying to think I have no, okay no there, there, farmstead. Farmstead.
0: there you go Hill farmstead okay yeah favorite style of beer
2: second i would say uh any sort of ipa okay (laughs) but definitely number one saison is definitely
0: my my first love in terms of beer uh i'm gonna say i'm gonna go out on a limb here i'm gonna say a porter porter okay
1: yeah a nice a nice made porter is pretty awesome
0: yeah i agree uh barrel aged imperial or both both
2: both yeah okay
0: me too me too.
2: <laughs> and, there's, there's something to be said about, about a, a barrel-aged stout or a barrel-aged anything.
0: Yeah. Barrel-aged is just great. Um, it is, yeah. A lot of flavor. Uh, so you have one keg of beer to hold you over for a two-week quarantine. What beer are you choosing? Pilsner or Kel? Uh Miller High Life. Miller High Life. All right. Both Pilsners. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, guys, that's all I got for you. Awesome. Appreciate it. I really appreciate you having us, man. Yeah, thank you. I'm Mike Hurton for the Brew World Order Podcast, here with Sean and John from Two Villains Brewing Company in Nyack, New York. Thank you, fellas. Thank you, man. Thank you, man. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to my interview with Sean Stanfield and John Fernandez of Two Villains Brewing Company in Nyack, New York. Whether you're just passing through, you live in the area, or visiting a friend nearby, you should definitely check them out. Also, give him a follow on social media while you're at it. Every other Sunday I'll be releasing a new episode, so subscribe and you'll never miss one. Also, be sure to check us out on social media for updates on the podcast. I'm Mike Curtin for the Brew World Order podcast. You stay safe out there.